0: Everyone to the Carry On Cast, the podcast here at Easter Lutheran Church. We are so glad you're here. I am Pastor Megan and I'm here with
1: Pastor Steve and And I'm Pastor Brandon. Yes,
0: you are. It's good to be together again. Uh, How are you all folks? Hope you're doing well. Hope you're enjoying a little bit of summer as we record this. I think most school districts are done with school for the mm-hmm. year. So the real question I think is, is that a good thing or a bad thing?
2: <laughs> Depends on your perspective.
0: I think that's pretty fair. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, teachers and uh, administrators. Uh, you made it one more year and you are amazing. Heroes. Oh my gosh, we think mm-hmm. you're the greatest. Um, so we, at this kind of point in uh, our year as well, we're changing up a little bit. We're moving from Sort of the regular church season in its own way to, to sort of the summer. Now on the liturgical can, calendar, it's those numerous Sundays after Pentecost. How many are there? They're like 74 Sundays after Ooh, Pentecost. It's a summer preaching party. It's a summer <laughs> preaching party. There's a lot of green pyramids and mm-hmm. a lot of just hanging out. It's it's Literally, it's like half the liturgical church it's here like the so. wild,
2: wild west. Preach whatever you feel like.
0: Right. <laughs> it's big fun. So we're post Holy Trinity Sunday and uh, ahead of the September school year starting again. And so we've got a couple of summer sermon series. And this is the start of, of our first one. Um, we are going to do something really simple. We're going to keep it easy. We're going to let the preachers talk about their favorite Bible <sighs> passage. I know! Um, And we have a special treat this week. Our preacher is uh, Deacon Krista Lind, who is part of the St. Paul Area Synod office. Uh, So she's going to come and be our guest preacher on this first Sunday in our sermon series. And I'm really looking forward to having her here with us. Um, But uh, gentlemen, tell me a Mm -hmm. little bit about uh, how it feels to hear someone talk about their favorite Bible passage. What is that? I mean, what does that feel like to you? What does that mean to you?
1: Well, first, I'll just say it's really hard to pick your favorite.
0: Ooh, it's like picking right? your favorite kid.
1: Uh, Well, actually, I have a better time with that. <laughs> um, but I would say, you know, what I'm most looking forward to is not just the Bible passage, but what's the meaning behind it to that person? What is it that, that drew their attention or their life story? Why did they pick that as their favorite? Um, so I'm really excited to hear what what parts of these Bible stories uh, stand out to the different preachers.
0: Ah, I'm looking forward to that too, especially because we get to hear, you know, five different voices, Mm -hmm. right? So we get some variety of Mm -hmm. style. Um, So not only do we get some passages from all over scripture, but we also get to hear some different voices reflect on that. Pastor Steve, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I just echo what Pastor Brandon said, because, you know, scripture, the purpose of scripture is it's designed to be a community conversation. And it's meditation literature that you're supposed to read again and again. You're supposed to read it in community. And so when we hear someone's favorite Bible verse, it, there's a story behind it. There's a reason why it is. And so it's as much about learning about the preacher as it is about learning about the text. And, you, and when you listen to someone else basically having their conversation with God, it helps you to learn, oh, what's my conversation with god and what scripture is speaking to me in this moment so it's really cool
0: yeah i mean i think that's part of uh what's exciting to me about this series is that invitation for all of us to say well what's what's my favorite bible passage or or to pastor brandon's point what are some of my favorite bible passages (laughs) if it's hard to pick one and to think about why? You know, is it, did you hear it at some point in your life and therefore it's always really had meaning to you? Is it something that's just been kind of standing out to you recently? I can say in my conversations with Krista that um, this reading that we're going to read for this week, um, she she was willing to admit, like, this maybe is not my most favorite Bible passage of all time, but it's something that's really sticking with me right mm-hmm. now. It's something that means a lot to me in this season of my life. And I think that's... Interesting too, mm-hmm. right? What's what's God up to that? That's a word that is so meaningful right now. So my invitation to you, listener, um, the, I'm not going to test you on this. Like I'm not going to point to you in the middle of a sermon and say, "You favorite Bible passage now." So please, you know, hear this as an invitation. <laughs> um, what's your favorite Bible passage? What are you into right now, and and why? You know, if if someone turned to you and said, "Hey, you know, what's what's your favorite Bible passage right now?" What would be your I don't know. Thirty-second explanation of here's what this means to me. Here's here's why this is an important one to me, and I hope you get to hear that from the preachers in the weeks to come as well. Um, but hey, maybe we should actually talk about the text at hand today. I am just realizing that I forgot to ask who is going to read the passage for us today i could read it pastor brandon oh my goodness would you would you read from the bible for us you got it so this is going to be psalm 80. we are reading from a psalm today which is fun i love the psalms uh and we're we're doing a little bit of back and forth it's psalm 80 verses 1 through 3 and then 14 through 19. um so let's let's listen pastor brandon take it away perfect
1: Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who led Joseph like a flock. You who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come to save us. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Turn again, O God of hosts. Look down from heaven and see. Have regard for this vine, the stalk that your right hand planted. They have burned it with fire, they have cut it down. May they perish at the rebuke of your countenance, but let your hand be upon the one at your right hand, the one whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will never turn back from you. Give us life and we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. And uh, I think, too, not only is it beautiful, but there's a little bit of Hwa? Um, What's the context here? What are what are we talking to? I think especially we can get a bit hung up when we hear names like Ephraim and, and Benjamin and Manasseh, and we go, uh-oh, I don't know who those people are. So obviously, I don't know what's happening here. Uh, my invitation, listener, is, 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 of course, it's OK if you don't know all the references. It helps, right? It helps you get more context, you get more story, you get more meaning, but it's okay to not know all of it. Um, but maybe we can help a little bit with that. Uh, Pastor Steve, what what kind of framework have you got for this psalm? What, what, what would you say are, are some of the important details to note?
2: Yeah, well, <clears throat> there's a lot in that question. So the first thing I want to do is just help the listener to frame and put it in context before I get distracted by what distracts me or (laughs) captures my imagination. What? You
0: might get carried away and excited about something?
2: Yeah. So just, just know like, what is a psalm? A psalm is a, is a poem. It's the words to a song. Um, most scholars believe that the psalms were actually sung by the people of Israel. It's kind of like their hymn book. If you want to put it simply, it's like, this is the collection Mm -hmm. of 150 songs that the people of Israel love to sing. Um, and they they're crying out to God, and when so Pastor Megan mentioned the names Joseph, Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. So if you'll remember, Joseph was the beloved son of
0: of of amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat fame. Yes, Joseph. yes, yes,
2: Jacob's whose name was turned to Israel. So jo- <laughs> right. Joseph was the the one who basically saved all of his brothers and sisters and and kept them safe during the famine and you know his whole story at the end of Genesis but then Ephraim and Manasseh so Benjamin was Joseph's Joseph's younger brother brother. so he was one of the tribes but then Ephraim and Manasseh were Joseph's sons and what's interesting is that Joseph got the double blessing. So his sons got to actually have plots of land and tribes named after them. So there is no tribe of Joseph in Israel. There's the tribe of Ephraim and Manasseh, who are the sons of Joseph, which is really interesting. Wow. And, but I think it's interesting that this author, this is called the Psalm of Asaph, who we don't know anything about Asaph other than he wrote a bunch of psalms. It's, it's um, also
0: worth noting that uh, the psalms scholars would say that those superscripts, those little like, you know, psalm of Asaph stuff, are a little hard to verify sometimes. Yeah. So we can we can take stuff from it, but we shouldn't like yeah. hang our whole understanding of God on a, a psalm superscript. Right. Yeah.
2: But it is, in, <laughs> it is interesting to note, though, that it's not a psalm of David, right. which most psalms... are are attributed to david Mm -hmm. and this one isn't but for some that's way too much bible nerd (laughs) stuff but so that's just one thing the other thing too is i think context for this is when you read the text and if you read the whole psalm it gets a little dark Mm -hmm. is that this is a crying out to god psalm because the people are suffering they and and This isn't necessarily a particular moment in history. It's kind of like the repeated pattern of Israel where they would basically disobey what God said to like have justice, be fair, be kind to the poor, be good to your neighbors, all that kind of stuff. And when they started getting all pumped up around power and money and conquest, that always backfired and they always got destroyed by an enemy and watch their city burned, and, you know, it's horrible. And this is the moment that they're in right now, where they're crying out, oh, God, we know we blew it. Help us come back, restore us. So that's what's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's okay to say that this maybe doesn't respond to any direct, specific, particular moment, or at least not one that we know, except to say that God's people have regularly found themselves in places where, um, man, they've gotten themselves into a mess.
2: I, I'm, I would be one of those uh, people that find themselves regularly in that place.
0: <laughs> if, if, if we're honest with ourselves, are we not all? <laughs> oh God! Restore me, oh, please. Restore me. I what did this I do this to myself? Um, yeah, yeah. And it's one of the things that I like about the Psalms too is that there's there's lots of space in psalms for for praise and for joy and for worship but also for for lament and grief and and accepting blame and even space for anger at god Mm. like why would you leave us like this like why are you Where? yeah right show up you said you would be here um yeah so i i appreciate this naming of hard times in life the need to Mm. be restored which is to say that Sometimes you're you're kind of a hot mess. Uh, restoration is something that you need, Pastor Brandon. Mm. W- when you hear this Psalm, especially this this repeated refrain to be restored mm-hmm. by God, um, what does that mean to you? What does that feel like to you? Uh, I
1: can relate to it. Yeah. Um, but I love yeah the refrain in the Psalm. Restore us, O God. Let Your face shine that we mm. may be saved. Um, I'm, I'm stuck with that idea of face shining. Oh, sure. Um, so we get several images in the New Testament of, you know, Jesus is transfigured. Uh, but also Old Testament, Moses, you know, was saw God's, you know, God's face was hidden or veiled. And then Moses comes down and his face, he's just glowing. So I think that's really interesting. But my, my study Bible here says, describe a time when you saw someone's face and felt overwhelming joy. Oh. And I just think, what would it look like if you hadn't seen god's face in a long time and or you know somebody that you knew loved and cared about you then all of a sudden saw again Mm. and i can't help but imagine you know it depends on the setting um because i would imagine there were times when like uh pastor stevie said when you know you messed up yeah and and there was god's face and you're like "Uh uh-oh (laughs) <laughs> now we're really in trouble. Um, you know, that's really all I can think about from my childhood.
0: <laughs> those I think, uh,
1: like specifically, you know, three boys, and we were in the barn, and we found three hatchets, obviously God-ordained, um, one for oh. each of us. And so what does a boy do with a hatchet but use it? And so mm-hmm. we start chopping on poles and mm-hmm. posts, and it turns out they're the ones that hold up the barn. <laughs> oh, no. Um, mm-hmm. And we didn't get, thankfully, too far into this adventure when Dad showed up. And you could see on his face, like, so we were really having a great time being boys and um, filled with joy until we saw our dad's expression (laughs) and realized we must have done something wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And we were in big trouble. Right. Right. So I just think about that. But then I think about, you know, any time at you know, the movie Love Actually, you wait at the airport and uh, you see people getting off their planes and reconnecting with, you know, family or people they haven't seen in a long time. Uh, So what what would that have felt like for for us in those times of where we just feel like God is really distant? And then all of a sudden we have that experience or where we feel like no, it's God's right here with us.
0: We I mean, we even use so that, you know, let your face shine. We have a, you know, an equivalent in Mm. contemporary English when we say, oh, my gosh, his face just lit up. Right. Like we Ah. we know that reaction Mm -hmm. we know what it feels like when you see someone experience that just enlightening joy like Mm -hmm. you just pictured it in your own head like you just pictured what does it mean when you saw oh my goodness her face just lit up when she Mm -hmm. saw that um so we know that and so what is it to say god we hope that when you look at us your face lights up again yeah. that you that you know this joy and love
1: and and that's our hope at the end of every worship service that that we send worshipers with may may the Lord's face shine, shine on, on you. you
0: and be gracious to you yeah mm-hmm. yeah
1: may God may God's face light up right when God sees you
0: yeah which what it what a beautiful image to consider again that that what we what we desire most is for God to look on us with that. That joy and love and warmth. And and I and I don't mean to imply the corollary that like sometimes God just like, you know, capriciously looks at you and is like, I'm angry with well, you. See,
2: that's what I was just thinking, is like that's the that's the gospel, is that when when we expect dad's gonna come running at us with that face of condemnation, what Jesus reveals to us is that God still lights up when God sees you because you're God's child right now that doesn't mean God is going to take away the natural consequences of being really stupid right Mm -hmm. but God still lights up and really lights up when you understand what's really going on Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah (laughs) Well, and it's and it's uh, I know that sometimes using parental language for God is problematic we don't all have good relationships with our parents we don't Mm. always have parents to even think about and the one of the reasons why that often is so effective is because your mom sits next to you after you broke the lamp and says things like i will love you no matter what i always love you i'm really angry at you for playing baseball in the house (laughs) and breaking the lamp your allowance will be used to Mm -hmm. pay for a new lamp there are consequences i am angry at you and and probably will be for a while and it still does not and will never change how much I love you. Mm-hmm. This, what's at stake right now is not our relationship. Is not my love for you. Is not my my continuing. And I'm not up- going
2: to send you to hell forever. I'm
0: not going to send you <laughs> to hell forever. I'm not even going to send you to maybe
2: your room a timeout chair. Right. Sometimes right. there, what you might you
0: might take a week where you don't get to see your friends. There are consequences. Um, but what's at stake is never my love for you. What is that? What is at stake is never my face lighting up when I see you because that will always be true because because you're my kid and I love you and and that's why those parental god language images work for some people because we we get that oh I know what that feeling is Mm -hmm. to be so mad at someone for doing just the worst thing they know better and I still love them and that's never going to change maybe some of you who um who well, are parents know that emotion, right? Mm-hmm. You can go, oh my gosh, I wanted to like send my child back to whatever terrible place they came from that they did such an awful <laughs> thing. But I would it, never do that because I love them. I love them so much.
2: You know, just springboarding on that, I, I think what, what is at stake here is relationships. Mm, yeah. Right? Mm. Because just because you love someone unconditionally doesn't mean the, the relationship has been fully restored. Yeah. And so I think what the people here are crying out for is help us to be fully restored into this relationship where, because the piece, I know we're running out of time, but they use the vine image. Yeah. Like Israel is a vine. Right. And the purpose of a vine is to produce this beautiful wine. And they're like, if we're not in the rela- the faithful relationship with God, the wine's not flowing. And that's what we want to restore back to, but not a backwards restoration, but a moving forward into a new kind of vineyard. Right. So
0: I also think that's why in a case like this, in a psalm like this, the people have chosen to name these you know cornerstone relationships that that God has has kind of recommitted on hey remember mm-hmm. what went up with 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 Joseph's sons and Joseph's brothers remember those relationships mm-hmm. those relationships matter God continue to remember those relationships and and remember us accordingly mm-hmm. you you've made commitments and we've made commitments too in light of that <laughs> Restore us, oh mm-hmm. God. Um, so so to to close up, gentlemen, um, let's start with you, Pastor Brandon. Give us a sense of what you think restoration might look like. Mm-hmm. A picture of what restoration could be in, in our relationship with God.
1: Yeah, I think uh, an image I have is gardening. Um, when we think about the vine, the vineyard, mm. uh, it's pull the weeds from the landscaping and the weeds from the garden season. And make sure everything has the water that it needs and the space that it needs to grow. So I think of my own life and what what sort of weeds and am I asking God for help removing, uh, and holding me back from growing into God's promised abundant life.
0: That's beautiful, Pastor Steve.
2: Yeah, I, I can't help but bring this into our current moment in our you know in our country and our our civilization right now and how bitterly divided and chaotic. And not sweet wine, mm. we are. Not that, and I'm not saying our country is like Israel, but what I'm saying is just like as human beings, um, to restore us into proper relationship is not to go backwards in time because those relationships are what brought us to this moment. What does it look like to move forward? To be restored in the actual love of God where we can learn to love each other even though we're different even though we disagree that's what I'm longing for as I speak this psalm to God is restore us mm. um, so there you go
0: and I to that kind of in that line as I look at verse 19 in particular you know restore us oh Lord God of hosts let your face shine why not so that we can relive the good old days not so that we can have abundant nostalgia, not so that we can have power and control, not so that we can be rich and famous, that we may be saved, that we might know this fullness and wholeness that we know only in full relationship with the God who made us and loved us. I mean, that's that's the point, not not so that we can be super special and, and way more important than everybody else, but so that we may be saved, so that we may know this abundant life and others may know it as well. Well, friends, that's the end of our time together. Such beautiful things to think about. Let me know what your favorite Bible verse is. Go ahead and, and, uh, and, and share that with us. We'd love to hear from you. And and until next time, friends, this is uh, the Carry On Cast, the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and
2: carry, carry on. on the
0: work of Jesus Christ. Bye, everybody. May
1: the road rise on.